so I got a promotion like out of nowhere. I've only been doing sales for five, maybe barely six months. I've worked in, I've worked at front desk long enough to see how long it takes, you know, the average salesperson, if they ever get promoted at all to make promotion. And it's usually about a year to two years before they hit that milestone. A couple of consistent months of being first place in the region. And all of a sudden, people were talking about me getting a promotion. And then our new district manager, the one who came in and took over for James, comes in and he's like, I want want you to come run one of my clubs. And it's not any club. We're talking his biggest club. It's the sport club on the west side of town. It's enormous. It has its own restaurants. It has its own pools, tennis courts. It's enormous. And I have no idea how I'm going to do that. He says he's going to train me, but I, I just, I just, I don't know. I don't know. He came into my office one day after, by the way, I should, I, maybe, I, maybe I'm spoiling it, but let me just say like this. We haven't fucked. I'm not setting up for, you know, some sort of thing. I'm just telling you kind of like how, as it goes. So he came in one day um, after I was on the floor. I, I, in, in between time, like if I burn out on making phone calls, I'll go out onto the floor. I'll clean up. I'll sometimes go to the locker rooms, mop and like clean the restrooms and whatnot. Anyway, basically what I'm saying is when I'm not busy doing sales, I'm usually out on the floor, which is sales for me because I get a lot. I get a decent amount of business from just being out on the floor, conversing with members. And also, too, it just resets my brain. Sitting down and making phone calls is one particular discipline. Um, And cleaning up is something else and helps relax one part of my brain so that I can go back and be um, even better. And also, it keeps me productive. One day, I'm cleaning up upstairs, cleaning the treadmills. And I have this method when I clean. I learned it a long time ago. Like I, I, it's not important, but I clean treadmills with both hands and like disinfectant rags. Anyway, most people don't do it that way. I noticed like out here that um, people just kind of like spray and wipe. And I usually get into it and I do bucket, disinfectant, and I wash the whole freaking treadmill down. Um, and he's back in the back row of cardio while I'm upstairs doing treadmills and he sees me. And then I noticed that he saw me later on when I was giving members tours and I could see him looking at me. And then eventually he comes into my office and he says, I want to promote you. I see what you're doing and I've been watching you for a long time and I know your sales numbers. I talked to James and James highly recommends you. I was like, that's cool. Um, But also too, it kind of made me cringe a little bit because I thought, am I getting this because of James? Um, But it it sounds to me like he is promoting me because he really likes me. So anyway, we talked for a little bit. He said, I want you to start coming in to my club. I'm going to train you on, it's a big club. It's a lot to take in. Um, but I want you to meet the team and I, I'm going to start you as a GM of this club. 
And I'm just like floored. Like, this is such a huge promotion. Usually if a salesperson gets promoted, they don't get promoted to such a high, high level club. Usually they'll start at a club that's about the size of the club that I work in right now, if not smaller. A lot of times they go smaller um, and then you work your way up to like a resort style club. Um, but he's like, nah, you got this. I'm a little freaked out. I accept his verbal offer. His name is George, by the way. I accept George's verbal offer. Um, but I, I, I'm the type of person, like, it's not set in stone until you receive your first paycheck. When I see re- receive my first manager's paycheck, then I'll believe it. Even after I sign, like, the offer letter, then I'll believe it. By the way, he sent me the offer letter by the end of the day. He offered me the job. And the first thing I do... The first thing I do is I call Roxanne because this is the club that she that she now goes to. And like we're screaming like little girls. She's so happy for me. And I'm like, I just I just I'm blown away. I don't know what's I don't know what's going on. This is a whole new thing for me. Um, I tell Michael. And he's a little bit sad. I can tell he's sad. Um, partially, I think partially, I think it's because. Michael's been doing the job a lot longer. Um, and I'm not trying to like rub his nose in it or anything like that. But even he is like, dude, you deserve this. Like, you're killing it. And you've been doing this job for a long time. You've been working in this in this industry for a long enough time and done enough jobs in this industry to know how things go. He's he was like, You deserve this. And, you know, utmost graces to him for for that. Like, it was really cool to hear him say that. I for in some sort of weird way, I seek his approval when it comes to this job. It's so weird, but I, I really do like value what he thinks about me. Um, but yeah, I signed the offer letter and I sent it back. It looks like I'll be transferring. So much like I started in sales where I started doing, you know, like my old job mixed in with some of the new job while I'm training it was the setup was very much like this. So George was our district manager, just like James used to be before James went to corporate. Um, Jay, uh, George this is going to be hard. <laughs> George was um, our district manager, but instead of working out of the club that I've been based out of, he works out of um, our downtown club office, which also is our downtown office is our corporate office, but it's also a gym as well too. So him and James work together a lot. Um, if that makes sense, I think I explained that well enough. Anyway, the club that I work at is even further from that. So it's like 30 minutes from my house or from my apartment and 30 minutes from my apartment and um, 20 minutes from my old gym that I'm transferring over from. Um, such a nice area of town. And I spend that half day, my first half day, day there, meeting my new team members. And <laughs> some of them are super, super gorgeous. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, a lot of them are like, it's almost unreal. But at the same time, I have no desire. And I repeat, no desire to hook up with any of them. And a lot of them have a very plastic look and it's not really my thing. I like, I like people like Miguel, like a little rough around the edges. That's beside the point. I'm getting distracted. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I meet like new team members. I, um, I 
meet a lot of the team leads. And I start out, I told George, I don't want to be introduced as the new boss. I want to start working in housekeeping. I don't want anybody to know who I am and what it is that I do. If you introduce me at all, I'm just a new team member, but I'm starting in housekeeping and I want to see how this thing runs from, I hesitate to say it this way, but from the ground up. A lot of people look at housekeeping as if it's the ground floor and it really is not. But since people do look at it that way, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, how should I say this? I just don't want to be looked at as somebody's boss yet before I get a good feel for how people who are often looked at as the lowest get treated. So I go in and it's fun. It's fun. I'm like, it's like undercover boss. Like I'm, I'm scrubbing toilets. I'm cleaning showers. They have, okay, let me, let me tell you, they have a separate cleaning staff to fold towels. They have a cleaning staff male and female for locker rooms. And then they have a separate cleaning staff for just working the regular floor, like three different departments in one department, all doing these different jobs. It's, it's insane. But the, the size of the club and the demand of the members meets this. Um, and I am working away. I'm seeing people looking at me. I'm see, I'm meeting the new team members. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's really cool. It's really cool, but it's more uh, segregated than I'm used to. Let me put it to you like this. Most of the people that I work with in this department, if they speak English at all, are English second language. And as you move to the front desk, you're dealing with like a lot of like college kids or people who have come to the city to pursue their dreams. And then when you work in sales, you're dealing with people who, you know, are career salespeople. It's so, it's, it's a completely different world than the world that I'm used to. And I kind of hate to admit this, but I'm feeling comfortable in housekeeping. Like I, I'm intimidated. So I'm like hiding in a department where I feel comfortable. When people ask me where I came from, I just tell them I came from the club across town. And they're like, oh, you came from that club. Oh, nice. Um, and there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like, oh, that club, you know, like very kind of like uppity. Oh, I don't like that word, but like kind of like uppity. Um, like they look at my old club almost like being a little hood club, which I mean, I'm used to like people in the company kind of looking at us like we're like this outsider club because we kind of are. We have our own vibe, which is funny because now I know why James spent so much time working out of our club. The atmosphere was just so much more chill than this, and the members were so much more chill. Like, I'm looking at some of our members and their demand for the cleaning staff, and I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a challenge. Um, I spend some time, I spend about a week and housekeeping. I spend another week at front desk. When people ask me, I'm just a transfer from the other club. Um, but people are a little like, why are you doing both jobs? And I don't think it's clicking on them yet what I'm here for, but they're going to figure it out sooner or later. In the meantime, 
you know, when I was in housekeeping, I'd go to clean the sales offices, just kind of get a feel for the guys that are in there, the guys and girls that are in there, excuse me, um, men and women. Um, and I do the same for the front desk, just getting a feel for like how this club's that, what's the, what's the dynamic of this club? How, what is the vibe? We're doing a vibe check. Essentially. I spend my first month doing vibe checks here. Um, and George is totally cool with my method of operation, which I'm appreciative of. <sighs> okay. So here comes the Mr. Brooks part. <laughs> One day. I'm just cleaning in the locker room, scrubbing down a gorgeous, gorgeous shower. Some of the nicest showers, waterfall showers that I've ever seen. Let me just describe this locker room to you for a minute. Like super clean, super nice. The showers are stone and they look like, I mean, it is a spa style locker room and they have like special soaps and conditioners and different methods of what you can do with the water different spray patterns and you know it is just <laughs> it is just like why was i not visiting this club sooner it is so nice and one day i'm scrubbing down the showers and in walks this you know it's not every day you see somebody that just takes your breath away. But here comes this man. Yeah, he's like, he's my, he's about my height. I'm about 5'11". He's about my height. He has this long, like, jet black hair. Back in a bun. And the sides of his hair are tapered in a nice fade. and. His eyes are the kind of eyes that like pierce you to the soul. He looks like he's wearing eyeliner, olive complected. Um, he has like Arabic writing tattooed on his right underneath his right breast, like underneath his right chest. I don't know his breast. I say a lot. Let me just say breast, okay? Um, and his body is like I've I've. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen a nicer body since James and him. He could give James a run for his money. And I am a sweaty, stinking, wet mess on my hands and knees, scrubbing out this shower. And he walks up to me. Um, he walks actually like I'm he didn't see me at first. So when he walks in, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, it's cool. And he's got like a towel wrapped around him. And, and, um, God, it's hot. Um, he just, he, he stunned me. He floored me. And I'm just, I hope I didn't stare. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he had the sweetest, rich and deep voice, but still super sweet. Like he was genuinely sorry that he intruded on me, which he didn't. All the other showers were full and I was packing up my stuff to leave. And he said, oh, I'm sorry. And that accent, I don't know where he's from, but that accent, oh my God. Like it melted me. It melted me inside. Like I was like, oh my God, 
who is this man? I have to know him. No, you don't understand. I have to know him. Like, I have to know this guy. Who is this? And I'm like fumbling over myself, picking up my cleaning supplies. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Let me get out of your way, sir. And he's like, oh, no, take your time, please. And he stands aside. And I'm like, actually, I'm done. And I pick up my stuff and I like make a beeline. And I'm out of there. And I'm just like, oh, why can't I think of anything sweet or cool to say or introduce myself? And it was like, the dude's naked. Like, you don't need to introduce yourself. Calm down, dude. So I calm down and I leave. And that was that. I didn't feel so strongly off of another man's looks. I don't know if I ever felt that before at first sight. I mean, Miguel hit me like a ton of bricks, but... It took me getting past, you know, us or him being at my throat, mad because I wouldn't provide him a certain service. And once we got past that, seeing him smile for me to really be taken with him. This guy exuded a type of a type of sexuality in his innocence that I I was I was I was I was floored floored oh man who was he so the next week I am working the desk and I'm kind of moving around the offices and whatnot still doing a little bit of front desk and cleaning and when I'm cleaning I'm working in the office and I'm cleaning what will be now my new office and I get a glimpse at the security cameras and I see that my mystery man is upstairs on a stairmaster in the back row of cardio. And I just, I feel compelled. <laughs> I feel compelled to put myself in his path so he can just get another look at me. I feel like I'm looking kind of fly today. Um, I'm not as sweaty as I was when I was cleaning the showers out. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna go for it. So I take my cleaning supplies back to the supply um, area and I grab my stuff to do treadmills and I go upstairs. I hurry upstairs trying to make sure that he gets a glimpse of me as he's working out. And it's the time of day just before peak hours where, you know, there's rows and rows of treadmills that are empty, which is perfect because now I can do, you know, my, my cleaning work without being in anybody's way. So this is actually a good idea that I've decided to do it at this time. And I go cleaning these treadmills. And here's the thing. When there's rows of treadmills that are empty, like you can just kind of, you start on one treadmill and you can just kind of walk across the treadmills. Um, instead of like getting on a treadmill, getting off a treadmill, getting on a treadmill, getting off, you can just walk across. So I'm cleaning, I'm walking across, I'm walking across. I get about five treadmills in and something hits me. And before I know it, I'm, I'm airborne, like I'm airborne, something hit me and I'm airborne and I hit the ground before I even know that I have a problem. And it hits me with such force that I roll back into the other row of treadmills behind me and it knocks the wind out of me. And the first thing that comes to my mind is like, oh my God, 
did my mystery man see me? <laughs> I, I Call me vain. I don't know if I have an attacker or what. But I'm just like, I better not be embarrassed. I, be, I better not, I better, I better get back up like nothing happened. Um, and I'm super embarrassed. I jump up and I get right back on the treadmill. And just as I'm about to take that step on the treadmill, I realize my mistake. Some kind soul has left a treadmill on a full sprint. And what proceeds as my foot makes contact is I first go into this weird gallop where like one of my hands and two of my feet are trying, are struggling, galloping, trying to keep myself upright. And I, I lose because somebody has left this thing on a full freaking sprint. I lose. I face plant on the belt of this treadmill. My feet go up behind my head and kick me in the back of the head. And I'm thrown from this treadmill again. And I'm splayed out on the floor. Like, oh my gosh, I hope he didn't see me. And I turn to get up and he's towering, he's towering over me with the sweetest look of concern in his eyes. And he grabs me with his, his thick, muscular hands by my face. And he's looking at me intently in the eyes and he's like, oh my God, are you okay? And it's so sweet, but I am so embarrassed. I'm mortified. It is so, like, this has to be one of the most embarrassing things that's ever happened to me at the gym. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, somebody just left this treadmill on a full sprint. And I go and I hit the off button on the treadmill. And he looks at me. And I can see him holding it back. But he fails. And he bursts out and laughter. Like, I'm not talking about like a smirk or a giggle. I'm talking about a full belly laugh to the point where he's weak in the knees and he's bright red and he is just rolling laughing at me. I'm so embarrassed. And he's laughing so hard. He's taking like sharp intakes of breath, trying to calm himself down and he's trying to tell me how sorry he is that he's laughing at me and he's just like brother I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and I say it's fine I'm good and I leave I pick up my cleaning supplies and my pride and my feelings and I leave (laughs) I leave cardio I still didn't get his name still didn't get his name. I scurried out of cardio with a quickness and went into the supply closet and sat there. So it's midday, (laughs) midday at the gym, and I'm covering at the front desk. Um, One of my front desk attendants has gone to lunch and I'm trying to eliminate some of the overlap between shifts. So I've sort of stepped in and started covering um, lunch breaks in where I can. Just trying to work out the budget and trying to see like where we can maximize our, you know, anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm covering the desk and in walks my mystery man. And he gets a side of me. He gets side of me and he just grins from ear to ear and his grin turns from a grin into a laugh 
and he holds out his arms like he's coming up to hug me. And he says, brother, you've retired from cleaning treadmills. And despite myself, I laugh too. Did I tell you this man can wear a fucking suit? Like, oh my God, he can wear a suit. And you know, he looks kind of like, he looks kind of like a Middle Eastern Maluma. Like this man is gorgeous and his smile is so innocent and so warm and inviting. I'm just, I'm just, I have a hard time finding words when I see him. And he comes up to me and he scans his key card and his name pops up on the computer. I say, Amir. And he says, that's my name. (laughs) And he says, what's your name? And I tell him my name and he says, it's nice to meet you. He holds out his hand and he shakes my hand. And I'm just entranced by this man. I hope it's not showing. I hope it's not showing. You know, I can't tell if he's gay or not, but he reads as very straight, as very, very straight. Um, And I've heard people tell me that I read as straight too, but whatever. Like, what does that even mean? (laughs) Especially to a man like me, what does that mean? Um, And he says, hey, brother, look, and he pulls out some food from his bag and he goes, can I put this in your fridge? I don't want it to spoil. And he's talking about our retail fridge. And I shake my head. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. Um, As much as I would love to let him do it, and I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with it. It's a major health code violation. And I just wouldn't be able to let him do it. And I tell him that. And he's like, oh, okay. Um, I say, but tell you what, go down that hallway there, just past the sales office. I point and I say, second door on the right, when you turn the corner, you'll see the employee break room. I said, there's a fridge in there. Um, You're welcome to use it for today. And he looks at me kind of puzzled, like, and he says, are you sure that's okay? And I'm like, oh yeah, dude, it's totally fine. Tell him we're brothers. And he laughs. He says, I don't think people are going to believe we're related. (laughs) And I say, well, then tell him you're my boyfriend. Like, the words come out of my mouth, like, I wasn't even, I don't know if it was my inner Mr. Brooks talking, I don't know what happened. I was, I was, um, it was kind of foolish for me to say that. And his eyes widen, and a look of shock enters his face, but also, he's fighting back a smile. And he turns bright red, He kind of looks down and looks back up at me. And he goes and puts his food in the break room. And when he walks out, I say, have a good workout. And he's fighting back a huge smile, bright red. I watch him walk away. And Roxanne, who's finishing her workout, comes up to me. And she's like, how do you know Amir? And I say, "Uh, I just met him. And she's reading the flustered look on my face. And she says, oh my God, you like him, don't you? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, he's gorgeous. And he's super rich. And I'm like, does he like guys? And she's like, no, I'm pretty sure he's straight. And I'm like, fuck. And she's like, when has that ever stopped you? And she has a point. (laughs) Um, She has a point. Anyway, she leaves. I go back to work. My front desk attendant comes back. And 
I'm in my office and I hear one of my <laughs> loud sales team members who has a voice that carries. Um, I hear them at a distance. This is some time has passed. Excuse me, sir, are you allowed to be back here? And I look up and it's a mirror being followed by one of my sales team members. And Amir points in my direction directly at me, and he says, I'm with him. And Amir walks up to me, walks into my office, which has these big glass windows, walks into my office, puts his hand on the side of my face, and leans in and gives me a kiss. A kiss that almost took me out. Oh my God. Like, oh my God, this man's lips are, I mean, you want to talk soft? You want to talk sweet? I have never, I have never felt lips like that. And his scent, oh, and I just, everything, and everybody's watching. Front desk is watching. Sales is watching. Auntie Marcella is watching. Auntie Marcella is people on the housekeeping staff call her Tia. Um, I call her Auntie Marcella. Um, but she is the person in the club that you go to when you want the club tea. She knows everybody, she knows everybody's business. Um, so naturally, you know, she is on the laundry staff of housekeeping, and she usually spends all her time in the basement. But tea is being spilled right now in the club. And so naturally she's like drawn out of the basement and she's upstairs watching. <laughs> like, I don't even know how she knows where to be at, but she knows when stuff's about to go down and she's watching as well too. Everybody is watching as this man is kissing me. And he says, thanks, babe. I'll see you tonight. And I just nod my head very nonchalantly. And he smiles at me and he gives me a little wink, a little private wink, and he leaves. All eyes are open. All mouths are gaped. And people are just watching me. And I have to play it off. I go right back to work like nothing out of the ordinary happened. It takes about a good five minutes before the entire club is talking about the kiss. And I know that everywhere I step, when I see my team members, I see them at the juice bar and they're whispering. And I see them at the restaurant upstairs and they're whispering. And I see them in housekeeping, they're whispering. And the front desk is whispering. And I could care less. Now, up until this point, I've worked pretty hard to maintain, to keep my private life separate from my professional life. And um. I think it had worked. I don't think they even knew that or was aware of my sexuality. And most people, when they meet me, assume that I'm straight. Um, but what I care about, like, I mean, they can talk all they want to. What I care about is what did Amir think? Was he just selling the act or was he, was there, was there more to it? He's bold. I got to give him that. Wow. I'm I like I I don't think I did any other work that day <laughs> until the night time I started wrapping up some paperwork. It had taken me so long to even just like focus enough to do it. I get a text from Roxanne and it says, You can thank me later. And I'm like, what is she talking about? And 
The moment I have time to wonder what she's talking about, I get a call from an unknown number. My phone lights up and I answer it. And it says, do you think we sold them with that kiss? And I'm like, who is this? And he says, brother, how many people do you kiss? And I started laughing. I was like, oh, what's up, Amir? How are you? And he said, do you really kiss that many guys? And I just had to laugh. I said, no, I don't. Um, mm, uh, no. <laughs> and he's like, so what did you think? And I said, yeah, I think we fooled him. And he says, you know, I was talking to Roxanne and she said, congratulations are in order. And I was like, oh, what's going on? And he said, well, I heard you got a promotion. You never told me you were the boss. And I was like, oh yeah, that. I said, yeah, um, it's kind of a new thing. He said, great, let's celebrate. Let me take you out to dinner. And I'm like, oh my God. And I said, yeah, sure, I can eat. Uh, when are you thinking? He said, what are you doing right now? I'm just wrapping up. And he said, good, I'm outside. Come see me. And I drop everything I'm doing. And I go out the door. Correction, I did one more thing. I picked up the phone and I text Roxanne. I said, thank you. <laughs>